YCSO Behind the Badge, the official podcast of the York County Sheriff's Office. Welcome to Behind the Badge. I'm Trent Ferris, Public Information Officer here at the York County Sheriff's Office and also your host. We appreciate you listening and learning a little bit about the ins and outs of the York County Sheriff's Office and all about what the hardworking men and women who serve our citizens each and every day do here. And that's why we call it Behind the Badge, because we're learning about those people who work here who carry the badge every day. And before we move on, we ask you to move, uh, go find us on our social media pages and visit our website, yorkcountysheriff.com, where you can keep up to date with what's going on here at the Sheriff's Office with news, events, and crime prevention information and a whole bunch of stuff. Also, we can effectively get you the right information at the right time so you can make right and informed decisions about your personal safety. So, if you've been to most any community event here in York County where the Sheriff's Office has participated... You have more than likely met the next my next guests this week for the podcast. Or, recently, if you've been to Scarewinds last weekend or a couple of weekends, uh, you may have seen the folks riding horses. And I'm talking about the Mounted Patrol unit here at the York County Sheriff's Office, or uh, affectionately called the Sheriff's Posse. Uh, the Mounted Patrol is a team of officers who, in addition to their regular duties, are selected uh, to train and be available to work various assignments on horseback as needed. These assignments include, include search and rescue, crowd control, patrolling areas where numerous crimes are occurring, and our public relations events. Uh, these officers and their horses undergo extensive training to ensure that they're prepared for various missions. Uh, and two of those mounted patrol officers are with me this week. One is Mark McCarter and Tom Kenny, and I've just learned that they are the originals of the Mountain Patrol unit, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. There you go. All right. Thank you, Trent. There you go, guys. A little nervous, are you? Just Don't be tap. nervous. Don't be nervous. It's just a microphone, and it's a podcast. If there was a video camera over here, which yeah. there might be one. No. I've already checked. <laughs> oh, it's just a tripod. Just a tripod. No, no, no video. It's just your voice, and it's all good. Nobody sees you, Mark. It's okay. So, first of all, we always do this every week on the podcast. We always get to know about the person behind the badge. And uh, so, first, tell us about yourself, what you do here normally, how long you've worked here, and a little bit about your background. Mark, you're first. Uh, Mark McCarter. I've been here with the Sheriff's Office for uh, 26 and a half years now. I'm in the uh, Civil Process Unit. I've uh, been in there for a little over two years, uh, going on three now. Uh, started out before that, I was in the uh, Warrant Division. Uh, did that for numerous years and then of course started on patrol uh, before that I was on patrol for about eight and a half years before I moved to the warrants and then the last two and a half in the civil division all right and uh, so what's your background how'd you get it why'd you start in law enforcement I mean just because As in family my dad's always been in law enforcement mm-hmm. yeah he started out years ago Rock Hill City uh, then moved to uh, uh, Duke Power Security and then he was with the wildlife and then he retired from York City after 19 and a half years. So. It's in the blood. Yes, sir. All right. Grew up with it all my life. So. All right, Tom, your turn. Tell us about what you do here normally <laughs> and how long you've worked here and a little bit about your background. Well, I'm Tom Kenny, and I started with the Sheriff's Office in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off, of course, in the patrol division. And then uh, last year and a half, I moved to the detective division. And I worked there as a detective mm-hmm. as my normal duty assignment. All right. What are the, why, why did you choose law enforcement? What's your background as such? Well, I started in law enforcement at age 43. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, I worked in the construction trades and worked as an aircraft mechanic. 
um, just always had that desire to get into law enforcement and everything just kind of came together mm. um, at that point and been here ever since and enjoyed it so you started in law enforcement at 43 yes wow, 43 years old so you're never too young to start that's right kind of like trying to tell kids you know <laughs> you know something so you're never too young to start kids so but um all right well mark let's get to it tell us about the mountain patrol how did it get its start what, what what is the background of the uh the mountain patrol well the mountain patrol started in uh 2010 uh we had a couple citizens that approached uh sheriff bryant at the time then about wanting to start a sheriff's posse, you know, mm-hmm. which would have been a volunteer unit. They would just go out and do things like search and rescue and whatnot, or, or some volunteer units even actually work like crowd events, you know, it's kind of like a liaison when they see something, they call a deputy to come and handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, after I think about a year and a half of those folks uh, contacting Sheriff Bryant, he um, was also contacted by Gaston County, and they were starting a unit, and uh, they came and uh, discussed it with Sheriff Bryant and brought him a pam- pamphlet that they were uh, doing a mounted patrol school hmm. in Gaston County. Uh, the Mounted Police Training Academy, which is a nationally accredited accredited school, was coming there and putting on a school uh, for a basic patrol officer okay. uh, or basic mounted officer. And uh, Sheriff Bryant had asked around the office and everybody pretty much brought up my name as far as the one with the horses. So he <laughs> called me in his office, which is never a good thing, but this time it was. (laughs) (laughs) So the sheriff called me in and handed me the pamphlet and said, I want you to go to this school and start a mounted unit. And I said, well, man, that would be a great idea. I said, but just understand if we do this, and I'd already had some contact with some folks and looked Mm -hmm. at it and researched it beforehand, not knowing any of this was going on. I told him if we did it, I wanted it to be legit and be real. Yeah. And he said, no problem. I'll back you on the training and everything. And and our horses are legit. They can do the job. They can. They've already hung with the big city horses, you know, the trainings and stuff that we went to. So mm-hmm. they've, we put a lot of effort into it. So, so what was it like when you say, "Hey, no, this is like <clears throat> something you wanted to do." It's like something that was always in the back of your mind. And then one day he brings you into the office and he was like, "Hey, I got this idea." It was like a great idea, Sheriff Bryant. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of how it hit me. I mean, you know, I've had horses all my life. Always had a love for horses. And then when you can put horses in your job, I mean, how's it not going to be a win-win situation? Yeah. I mean, it just worked out great for me. The timing was great. I mean, everything worked out perfect. So it was was just a great opportunity. So everybody knew that you had horses. Yes, sir. And you were just one guy. That's right. So then next you go, it's like, all right, a patrol is more than one guy. Certainly. (laughs) So what, what do you do next when... Whenever you get a, the, the, the horses together and you say, okay, I need some more people on this thing. Well, at that point, we just put out an email out through the office. You know, uh, Captain Williams put out an email, you know, to see if there was any other interest mm-hmm. uh, for any other folks in the sheriff's office that had any interest in horses or had horses or wanted to be on a mounted unit. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he contacted uh, Deputy Kenny here and then uh, uh, Shane Whitaker, who was retired here from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the originals, and then uh, Jamie Sandifer. Right. Uh, was actually one of the original. So those were the original four. Over the years, we got up to six, and now we're back to four at the moment. You know, and, and of course, basic requirements you know for being on a mounted unit here is a you have to own your own horse. Right. That's one of the biggest questions we get, and you know people are surprised when we tell them. You know, these are our personal horses. They don't belong to the sheriff's office. Right. They are our horses. Sheriff's office doesn't own a feed bill or vet bill or anything like that. That's all ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got my horse anyway. Yeah. So. It works out great for me, and of course, when our horses get extensive training, right? You know, which makes you have a better partner. 
We'll talk about so. that, the training portion. I mean, because horses are first smart anyway. Right. And second of all, you got to train them to go from just being whatever horse, right. you know, a family pet or a competition horse or whatever, to being a patrol horse. How do you go about doing that? Lots of training. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Exposure. I mean, horses are instinctively a uh, flight or fight animal, mm -hmm. meaning that their first instinct when they see danger is they want to run from it. Mm. You know, when they're backed in a corner, then they'll fight. Mm -hmm. All right. But so a horse's first instinct is to run from danger. And have you seen, you know, with what we deal with, you know, the sirens, helicopters, any event, there's tons of people, mm -hmm. scare winds. Yeah. I mean, you got roller coasters, you got all this and people who are stimuli going on. Trying to scare people. Right. <laughs> and our, our horses are taught that they need to, we build that relationship with them, you know, and it's a, it's a process. It took, you know, Tom just acquired a new horse a little over a year ago, and it took about a year to put him through the training process. Mm -hmm. You know, all of them, it's taken about that long to get them through the training process. To It's to building that relationship where the horse trusts you. And he looks to you before he makes that decision to run away from danger. Mm. You know, I have no problem with my horse saying, hey, I'm not sure about something, before he takes off. Right. You know, and that way he looks to me and I'm able to address the problem, you know, discuss it to, with the him through our procedures and training that we do. And mm -hmm. then generally they stay right there with us and do exactly what we ask them to do. And you were talking about the stimuli. And I've been to some of your trainings in the past where – you know, you, you have a bunch of somebody swinging pool noodles in the air, you know, but right. to a horse that might look like a giant bug or something like that. So how do you just keep swinging pool noodles until they're like, okay, this isn't a giant bug. Is that how it works? Right. And I mean, we, we present the things to the horses because, you know, if somebody does swing something at a horse, we don't want them getting scared of it. We want us to be able to address the problem. Okay. Uh, so if a horse's first reaction is to jerk away from something, mm -hmm. then I don't get that opportunity to address it. Okay. So that's why we use the poo noodles. Of course, they don't hurt the horses, mm -hmm. but it teaches the horses to, hey, trust us, let us deal with it first. And and that's the way we deal with everything. And, and loud noises and stuff like that is, there's two different techniques. You know, you can use the uh, uh, move away from it as work, uh, mm -hmm. being close to it, they get the rest. Uh, plus we use a herd setting, you know, you. Uh, introduce everything in a herd setting where you mm -hmm. have good solid horses yeah and that way the new horse doesn't just run away he looks to the other horses too okay so and then and of course in the uh anytime a horse is afraid of an obstacle if you can take that obstacle away from the horse and let the horse follow it it builds their bravery up oh okay so that, those are some of the techniques we use in our training and so one of those is actually you have to fire a weapon from horseback exactly. and so on and so you know, forth it, and I know a lot of departments do not train for that. Uh, we do, uh, just for the sheer fact that, well, the bad guy's the one that makes that decision, not me. Right. I mean, so I do want my horse prepared for that mm -hmm. situation if it ever does, you know, happen. You know, that way our horses are ready for it, they're prepared, and they're not just going to run off and then we're going to have a wreck and mm -hmm. run over 15 people. Right. You know, so that's just something we try to prepare for ahead of time. I guess it uh, goes back to, you know, I've been doing a lot of history, you know, of the sheriff's office and typing it up. And before the invent of cars, this was your patrol car. Was This a is the original mode of transportation for mm -hmm. not just the sheriff's office, but all law enforcement, mm -hmm. all people. Yeah, period. That's, that's right. So, yeah. now, I wonder if they ever had like a, you know, a, I don't know. Some bank. I, I got. I got to look into that. See if they ever use horses as like a. You know, did they have a carriage for the, you know, jail van or something like oh, that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, of course, and you'll see it in the westerns. You know, they'll have. You know, once a month, the jail wagon comes through town. Yeah. You know, and takes the prisoners off. So they do have wagons set up for that, and 
course they used them for the fire and everything else but uh, that was the only uh, mode of transportation for quite a long time so so it's a it's a, it's a thing right so it's always been a thing and oh, thankfully the sheriff bryant has foresaw and thinks like hey it's going to be a thing right. from now on so good all yeah. right tom so you have a new horse tell us first about what sadly what happened to your other your previous horse and then talk about your new horse so when i started on the unit um, i had a horse and he didn't really have a lot of training um, he's pretty reactive um, but he was athletic and healthy so uh, Mark took a look at him and, and decided that he would be suitable for the training. So mm-hmm. we started. And, uh, again, like he said, we spent over a year just in the training process. Mm-hmm. So his name was Bo, and, uh, and he worked for eight years on the unit. Um, he finally – he was 30 years old. Oh, holy uh, smokes. That's so a, that's he started when he was 20, which is a good thing a lot of times because uh, a lot of maturity, just like an older person is going to be more mature to mm-hmm. handle the excitement. So uh, once we lost him, I spent two years kind of contemplating what to do. I still work with the search and rescue group Mm -hmm. uh, to help with training and help train the horses. But then I finally decided to start looking for a new horse. So Mm -hmm. uh, the York Co-op magazine that they put out quarterly Mm -hmm. had an article in there about uh, equine rescue of Aiken, which uh, rehomes racehorses, a lot of different horses, but mainly racehorses that are off the track that are looking for new homes. So I went down there and met with them and looked at a couple horses and uh, picked out one I thought was suitable. Uh, went back with Mark and, and let him assess the horse, and, and he agreed that he was going to be a, uh, suitable for this type of work. So mm-hmm. brought him home and uh, ended July, and we started working. And uh, Last July. Yep, last okay. July mm-hmm. of 2020. And, um, you know, it's, it's a it's – a, it's a tough road when you're you're trying to focus so much on that training and he uh, a lot of different training than he was used to mm-hmm. from being off the track so a lot of times those horses have trouble finding new homes mm. but uh we just started putting them to the work and um, i trained him probably five days out of seven out of the week mm. and um, he's finally made it to qualify to actually go out and work some assignments that's awesome so yeah i will tell you this now mark may not toot his own horn but i'm gonna call you the the horse whisperer you're our local horse whisperer because my dad used to have horses and we had a horse out there it was a white horse casper and my dad was like this horse hasn't been ridden in more than a year i don't think anybody's gonna be able to we my dad was trying to get out get out of the horse business i guess you know as far as family pets and you know the whatever and so i said mark will you come out here and take a look at this horse and the horse hadn't been ridden in more than a year if not longer and then here comes mark mark basically walks around it like a new car <laughs> and then mark puts a saddle on the horse and mark just like that just and and casper was able to you know be given a new home so and casper was old so i don't know what happened to her but anyway but kudos to mark he knows what he's talking about so he probably was like yeah this this horse is probably good for the team which is in the long run good for both teams so right and he was he's only he was three and a half when i got him so oh, okay a little over four and a half right now so still very young very mm-hmm. very juvenile in some aspects but mm-hmm. again very athletic and healthy so he's been a, a good foundation to get started back on and so i mean so far so good i mean you so just, far so good i just, mean just got certified right yep we just got certified and again there's still we're very cautious though when we start to bring him out to events because mm-hmm. he's still got a lot of life to live and learn mm-hmm. to see different things everything's new to him yeah. once he starts going to more events he starts learning kind of the routine did you take him to scare winds <laughs> 
We have not made him to scare ones yet. So he, and he won't go this year. Okay, okay. I was going to say that's a little different, you know, yeah. especially at night when people are acting stupid. And they got loud bangs, and so we went up right. there with my kids and like, ah, oh, it's a lot of loud bangs and a lot of people who are doing jump scares and stuff like that because right. they get paid to do that. But it's just the fact that yeah, but, new but, horse. But we, <laughs> yeah, he's still in, in very much in, in that part of the training. But what we found is because of our training routine, the horses we bring up there that are qualified. Mm do very well up there with all the roller coasters and the excitements but it comes back to the silly things we do with pool noodles and mm-hmm. all the other fireworks training we do it really conditions them to go and work those events but yeah we're going to be uh, that's one of the toughest events we do as yeah. far as the stimuli out there for the horses so it'll be next year before he he gets out there and we'll we'll take him out there during the day and just mm-hmm. get him acclimated to the sights and smells all right before he gets to that point so we'll talk about before we go to the Mo mounted search and rescue team you touched on it a little bit so talked about scare winds and why you go out there and patrol that stuff it's not just mountain search and rescue it's a mark talk about the reason why you take a horse to care winds scare winds uh, you know for for what reasons because there's an advantage to having a horse right there is uh, one of the biggest aspect of it is visibility mm-hmm. i mean First off, when people are driving into the parking lot and they see two horses mm-hmm. riding around the park, that tends to get people's attention. What is that? <laughs> yeah, and then they realize that they're police officers. Yeah. So they know we're there. And that's the that's just one of the biggest aspects of it is we want to be a preventative measure. Yeah, and therefore we're patrolling around the parking lot. We're on horseback, so a, a deputy riding in a patrol, uh, car through the parking lot, he can only see the cars next to him. Yeah, on the top of you know, So like if he's going down a road, he can't see three rows over or mm-hmm. five rows over. And and Tom can attest to it. When we're on horseback, the only thing that limits us in the parking lot is the curves or the hill. Because mm-hmm. you know, that, that parking lot drops off. So if yep. we're all the way at the front gate, we can't see the back corner. But once we get to a certain point out there, we can see the entire parking lot wow. from horseback. And you know, just from being elevated. Because I think they have issues with people breaking into cars and such like that. So you can see. People doing things in their cars they shouldn't be. And and plus, the biggest thing is breaking into other people's cars, you know, which, you know, why anybody would leave their car unlocked with items in there, I have no idea. But that's a a story for another podcast, (laughs) sir. Exactly. I knew you'd like that one. (laughs) Remember that, everybody. Take your stuff out of your car and lock it up, please. (laughs) But the biggest thing is is for us to be out there to be visibly seen. Okay. And and we place ourselves strategically when people are leaving. We'll park park on the hill there where all the cars are going by us. Uh, When they're coming in, we try to be visible either there or at the front gate Mm -hmm. where people are walking by us. They see that the horses are there. And then, of course, we patrol the roads throughout the parking lot uh, to be seen. And you're doing a job. You're doing the job right. as a patrol, but also it's a, it's a community event kind of thing. To, hey, we got horses. We're cool people. Come talk to us. It is. You know that that kind of thing, right? And at the begin and at scare winds at the beginning of the night, if you see the horses out there, you're welcome to come up and mm-hmm. ask us. You know, just just ask first in case we're doing something. Yep. But we're glad to let people pet the horses. There are units I'm aware of that do not let people touch their horses, and mm-hmm. I just. The horses are a big community relations tool, mm-hmm. you know, and they help build that bond between us and the public back, and that's what they're there for. Oh, you're so, so we, we definitely yeah. allow that. But now at the end of the night when there's chaos and everybody's leaving, you got the traffic, we got all the things, and that's typically when everything happens that we're dealing with. So once we cut the blue lights on out there, you know, then nobody's allowed to pet the horses because they're in work mode. And you don't have so, blue lights on the yes, horse. Yes, sir. You have they blue have lights, blue on, lights the horse? on Yes, sir. Absolutely. No, no kidding. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, we've performed I know traffic you stops from horseback and everything. That's amazing. Absolutely. I, 
that is one thing you haven't shown me, man. Is how you do a traffic stop from horseback. So that's amazing. So, but do you use it for like you know? Recent, we talked about the Mobile Field Force team a couple of weeks ago. Did you guys get called up for any of that stuff? Then Rock Hill for we were crowd on standby control? for it. Okay, we were on standby, uh, and that's the one thing you know. They are great for crowd control situations, uh, but you have to um, place it in a certain way because a you can't take the horses out there in a hostile environment and just park them. Right. That doesn't work. It's not yes. like a car. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a car. It does mm. have its own brain, and it <laughs> feeds off the energy yeah. that's going on around it. Yep. So a horse is not just going to sit there for that. They're, they're ready to do a job, and, mm-hmm. and they know their job's crowd control, so when they hear people being rowdy, they're ready to deal with it. That's right. Like I said, our horses have went through the whole training deal. I've been through oh, trainings from everywhere in Lexington, Kentucky, to all the way up to Kingston, Canada, where mm-hmm. we've done actual big crowd control training deals. And that's, that's interesting to see that those big units and how they do it. Really? Because uh, I remember you told me in the past where, yeah. you know, you, you say the people are like, heck no, I'm not going anywhere. A horse will move you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unless you want to get really you know, stomped you got on. <laughs> a 1,200-pound animal uh, that's – it's unbelievable how strong they are. They will push people out of the way. Yeah. And they do know their job. And they're smart. So, and we train them for that. You know, and, and of course, and it's, it's one of those situations where in training, the horse always wins. Yep. And that way, when it gets out there in a real life situation, they don't know how not to win. So they do what I ask them to do just because we've built that relationship mm-hmm. up that if I ask you to do it, you can do it. So mm-hmm. they typically don't argue with us. They just follow through. So talk about well, the, the the mounted search and rescue portion of this. This is your civilian component of the, correct. of the mounted patrol. Uh, about 2017, well, 2016 is when we got it going, but 2017 uh, we put it out to the public uh, that we wanted some volunteers to come in and give them the opportunity to be a part of this since that's actually the way it started. Mm-hmm. was trying to get back to that, and uh, we put it out. And I, I think that first meeting we had uh, close to 30 people that showed up uh, and showed interest in it and we wound up with uh, I think about 25 people actually on the search and rescue team to start with and this went up and down a little bit but I think we're still about that same amount of people actually on the roster uh, and we got about 12 folks that are certified that can go out and do search missions mm-hmm. uh, because there again their horses they don't go through they go through all the same training other than the shooting and mm-hmm. the crowd control aspects but everything else is exactly the same that our police horses go through mm-hmm. uh, so they they're pretty exposed to everything because we never know what's going to happen on a search scene right i mean we're going to be well we've already done one uh last year it was in the middle of a tornado so i mean you know <laughs> we're looking for a hiker up here in king's mountain okay yeah you know, of course and you never know you're going to have ambulances fire trucks that kind of wind conditions you know just everything that you know, normally a horse is going to be afraid of. You yeah. got to have a partner that's going to stay with you. Right. You know, so we put our our volunteers through that kind of training because the volunteer has to be able to handle it too. It's not just the horse; it's a combination. So, uh, so it's so it four of four deputies on the that's team. That's correct. And you have what twenty five? About twenty five volunteers. People. Okay. And say so you use them for because four guys just can't do the whole job. You use that's correct. And in, in a yeah. wood environment like Kings Mountain, right. you're, you're looking for somebody. That advantage of people and being high or what it's used for, right? Right, and there's there's several aspects. I mean, for a search mission, you know, the one in Kings Mountain, that was in the middle of the night, so that, well, that doesn't help a lot. But still. in a daytime situation, your horses can see better, they mm-hmm. can hear better, and they can smell better than we can. So 
anybody that owns a horse been trail riding you realize that horse generally knows that deer or whatever is there before you're you even realize it yeah and the horse usually reacts before you know it's there mm-hmm. so we teach our horses you know of course not to overreact but if you know your horse and you pay attention you'll see that ear flicker mm-hmm. or you see that head go up or you see his attention get brought somewhere else so that tells me that i need to investigate that area and kind of pay attention and see what's going on right <clears throat> if you're out there searching for somebody that's lost on a four-wheeler are you going to hear them hollering for help? Hmm. Now you're going to hear the four-wheeler. Yeah. We're on the horse. I can hear them. Or if they've yeah. fallen off the four-wheeler and had a wreck. Right. That kind of thing. Right. You may not hear a grunt for pain or somebody breathing or right. moaning or whatever, but the horse will. Of course, in the other aspect of the horse, you know, same as working at Carowinds, you know, that horse can walk around that parking lot all day long because that's what God designed them to do. Mm. You know, as far as us, one or two laps around that parking lot, we're ready for a break. No, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. When a horse in the wild, they wander for 20 hours out of a 24-hour day. They traveling for food and water. Mm. So that's what they're built for. They're designed to walk all day long. Right. You know, so a search scenario, you know, the horse is going up and down hills. He's not going to get tired, whereas we're going to have to take breaks. And the yeah. horse... If we need to take a break, then the horse is ready for one. I mean, it, it, they're ready to go before we are. So most of the breaks are for the people. It's not for the horses. That's awesome. So, so. you touched on it just a, a hair a little bit ago. You went to trainings in other states. That's correct. But your your horse, Cochise, is not, you know, just your normal horse. He's like a national champion horse. Let's go put it out there. He's done pretty well. He's, Tell us about some of the competitions that you've gone to and you've competed against other large agency people who do right. this thing for a living like – you know, I think it was Canada, the Canada uh, Mounties. It's been to Kingston, Canada. So well, we started out like in 2010. We went through the basics instructor school, and that's where we got exposed. And then in 2013, uh, through the Mounted Police Training Academy, I, I became a Mounted Patrol instructor. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so from there, we've we joined what's called a, a NAMUCA, which is the North American Mounted Unit Commanders Association. Mm-hmm. And the first training I went through in. Uh, I think it was February of 2011, uh, was kind of a joint between um, Lexington, uh, Kentucky, was having a uh, training up there. I'm sorry, it's Nashville Metro. Okay. Been to so many different yeah, ones. Yeah, no, I keep them straight. <laughs> but Nashville Metro was having their week-long training in conjunction with the Namuka training. Mm-hmm. So we had over 100 horses that were coming together for this training mm-hmm. to do crowd control training. And, of course, the biggest thing, you know that i sold it for was to be able to go was to be able to talk to all those other unit commanders because we're starting a unit fresh we don't have a standard operating procedure we don't have anything so by going to that training and making all those contacts with all those other units there were units where the deputies owned their horses there were units where the, the department owned their horses you had a, a influx of everything so i was able to get intel from everybody and come up with how we were going to do ours mm-hmm. you know just steal things from different sops no no use of reinventing the wheel yeah uh if it's been working for them it should the, work here i do the same thing in public information so. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so we did that and that part of it helped get our our unit start but then the the training aspect of it that we had there i mean like i said to recreate a, a training situation where you got 100 horses and that's where i first got introduced to the crowd control training and then of course at the end of it they always have an obstacle competition and uh coaches play sixth at that one right yeah you got 100 horses there so you done pretty darn good that's not bad yeah and and then i uh, got wind of the in 2000 well i started watching it back then but in 2013 i had the first opportunity to go to north american police equestrian competition Mm -hmm. 
And what that is, is they generally have two to three days of, cop of training. Uh, so therefore all the units have a reason to come there because mm -hmm. they're gaining training. And then of course, at the, the last two days, they'll have an equitation competition and an obstacle competition. Mm. You know, and, and of course, any competition is still training with the horse. Mm -hmm. uh, but in 2013, we went in there and we did pretty decent. I think we placed 11th in obstacles. You know, there again, we had over 100 horses. 100 horses. And these were all full-time police horses and volunteer units. I mean, they had a little bit of everything there. There was over 100 horses, and that was in Richmond, Virginia. And that was the closest it had come south, and that was the first time I got to go to it. And then that just started it from there. The next year, it was in Wilmington, Delaware, and that was a good competition. Coach East wound up third place uh, overall. In the country. Uh, yep, out of all. <laughs> I mean, you got horses from, you know, Toronto, Hamilton, Canada. Oh. Yeah, you got the, the new, not New York City, but a bunch of New York units, mm -hmm. Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia, all these different units that come there for this training. Yeah, and little country horse, he did pretty good. So, <laughs> 2015 was at the Kentucky Horse Park, and that's the first time that he, he won it. Yeah, won he, the whole he, yeah, he thing. Yeah, he won everything. He won, well, he was first place in the obstacles, and he was first placed overall. I think we placed third or fourth in equitation uh, Still. The overall score he was first place and then 2016 it was in canada i think we wound up in fourth overall and then uh 17 18th and 19th he was first place overall oh man wow yeah. and they haven't had the competition the last two years and it's not that you go tom do you go to these trains or have been to them or going to them or in the future or what um, I have not actually been to one of those yet. We were getting ready to go to one, mm -hmm. and uh, we had some scheduling issues. Well, this year also, but uh, back several years ago, we were going to go. I was set up to go, and we had some scheduling issues here, and I was not able to go. Huh. Uh, that was with uh, Bo, my previous horse. But Amadeus, yeah, he's he's ready to to get out there and <laughs> make his mark. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to. I mean. It, it's a competition, but the competition is training. Training That's is training, and, and, and anything you do. And they usually have two to th three days of training in front of the competition too, which, and that's something we can't represent here. I mean, because when you got you know anywhere from fifty to a hundred horses coming together as a group and doing training, and you getting, you know, training from you know National Park Police, uh, the, mm. um, Toronto. You know, all these guys that are in the big cities that deal with this stuff every day. All the time. They're coming down and giving – they're, they're the ones instructing the classes. You know, you got the uh, – and, of course, as far as equitation, you got ones from the, uh, the Canadian Royal Mounted Police that are coming mm. down and giving equitation lessons. So it's the better you as a rider and your horse as a police horse. Wow. You know, and that's what the training is always geared towards. That's right. And then, of course, they always go over, you know – policies and things that have, they've had happen at their departments and so so you can try to head stuff off also oh, yeah. uh, so uh, in south carolina i mean there's horse horse patrols mounted patrols new york city's one everybody always sees right. on the news and in the tvs and all that stuff a lot, a lot of agencies have mounted patrols how many in south carolina do you know have well mounted unfortunately when we got in it um everybody disbanded shortly thereafter that i'm aware of really uh yeah um Columbia PD had a unit, and I know Charleston had a unit. Oh, you would think and they would have one. And there was a couple one. other ones. Well, with all the budget cuts, the, the I'm talking the about horses. the the buggy carriage rides that they have down there. You know, you think that they would have those. right? But you know, as far as the city government, you know, the mm -hmm. usually the first thing that'll get cut is the amount of patrol, and people mm -hmm. just they don't understand what the benefit is. I mean, when that crowd control situation comes up, or or that 
well, I mean, shoot, the PR part's big. Yeah. I'm sorry, building a relationship between Heck the. Yeah. I mean, it's there. Being out there, the preventative measures that the horses do just by being seen, mm-hmm. you know, patrolling the parks and whatnot. You know, any play, time you can get out there and be seen on horseback, it's like I, when I go to the schools and I talk to the kids, you know. Our job out there is to be a presence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the kids in the classroom, or you know, generally when they know their teachers watch them, or police watch them, or their parents watch them. Yeah, they generally don't get in trouble. It's right. when they're by themselves they get in trouble. Yeah. So <laughs> we're out there to be seen and to yeah. be visible, and to hopefully prevent those problems from happening. But to my understanding, we're the only unit in South Carolina. Uh, really? Arlington County had one for a while. Uh, they disbanded when they had a new sheriff come in. But y'all go down there and work the Southern 500 yes, to help them did. out. We went and worked the uh, the race several times. Several and times, that, yeah. That's an interesting deal. <laughs> I know, bet working, so. <laughs> we made uh, the last one that we worked, I think it was three years ago, and there were six arrests made and five of them were from horseback. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, we made uh, three narcotics cases, uh, one B&E auto, and then one just public intoxication. You're there. So, so I mean... People see the advantage of it. Right. People see that like you could do. This ain't just you know, and the, to be the only one possibly now in the state. I mean, hopefully I could bring some right. of those those agencies' horses back or something like. When that. It, and at the race is a little different ball game because I don't know. I don't understand how all those people don't see two twelve hundred pound animals walking around. <laughs> but apparently we sneak up on a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a race. People, true. people, you drink a lot of liquid courage down there and liquid forgetting <laughs> potions but at the, races. <laughs> and the guy breaking in the cars, if we hadn't been on horseback, would have never seen him. Really? We saw him all the way across the parking lot. It was me and uh, Lieutenant Haas at the time. Mm. We were riding together. We were split up in two groups of uh, twos. And we spotted him. Just seeing a guy going from car to car to car, obviously he's not <laughs> his car. <laughs> Yeah, and when we got He's over there, <laughs> when we got over there, he's sitting in a car, which he tried to claim to be his own. Oh, and of course, yeah. couldn't produce any ID or registration or anything to prove that the car was his. And a little bit of investigation, lo and behold, we found stuff he'd been stealing out of the other cars. So, nice. yeah. Wow. So wow, wow. So I mean, the Mountain Patrol is a an effective, useful unit, and it's absolutely a, a very popular here at the sheriff's office. Whenever you go to an event, I mean, go like you said, come up and say hey ask to pet and right. we've been to them where you just say hey just pet him right here pet coach right. right here pet you know and, and be a part of it and it really is awesome to have and speaking of events i mean in 2011 is when at fourth of july is when we worked our first official event as a unit mm-hmm. uh myself and jamie sander who was there at the time we worked the uh carowinds uh fourth of july celebration and uh 2011 we did 11 events total and then 2019 was a big year we worked up 85 events wow and that's everything from actual patrols you know to visiting the schools you know the whole nine yards that's everything we did we did 85 events that year wow and then covid hit (laughs) last year it dropped off pretty bad well Uh, everybody did yeah we dropped down to about 25 events and now this year we're way up over that i didn't even counted them but we're 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 on the way back up so good well good and and like i said folks love it kids love it and it's you know one of those things. It's a useful tool all the way around. Absolutely. From you know patrol and public relations. So well, good. Well, uh, let's get to the cool stuff, the fun stuff, to learn a little bit about more about yourself. Uh, we this is our rapid fire, getting to know you question. So we'll go back and forth on the microphone here. So uh, we'll go. I'll start here. Um, first question is favorite subject in school. 
Uh, favorite school in school would have to have been, you know, the ag classes that I was in. You know, that always pertained to me from growing up on a farm. So Yeah. You're, was, and you're big in 4-H out here in York, right? correct. Yes, I, I was in 4-H as a kid. and Although I had horses before, I called getting my first horse. I actually got him when I was 10 years old in 4-H. Mm. Uh, I got a horse named Eclipse. He was an Arabian. He was a year old. And I had him for 28 years until he died. So he was part of the family. Good deal. Uh, Tom, what was your favorite subject? Uh, my favorite subject was uh, shop class. Engineer, man. Building stuff. That's right. You were a former aircraft mechanic, so yeah. I can understand that. So uh, what was your first job ever? First paying job would have been <laughs> working at Community Cash in York. Uh, like I said, I grew up on a farm, so I've, I don't remember not having a job or not working. You know, I grew up on a hog farm, and we raised row crops. So I, I remember, you know, five years old having to be down there and feeding and tending the pigs. So, yeah, uh, I've always had a, a job. I will say that. Yeah. I mean, I I should have been telling people that. I told them my first job is Godfather's Pizza, you know, or yeah. I kill. But my real first job was tossing hay bales with my papa out in Catawba. So <laughs> I guess that was my first job. Right. Got just a good handshake and a hug saying good job son for uh, supper's on the table there's your payment <laughs> Tom, what was your first job ever uh, my first job was a detailer at a chevy dealership cleaning up the new cars and the used cars man i need one of those right now because my car's messy uh what's your favorite movie favorite movie would have to be either tombstone or a knight's tale all right of course Tom. horse related oh, there you go <laughs> Mine is uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey <laughs> horses. <laughs> um, favorite food? Steak. Awesome. For me, just a, a really good hamburger. So with some pimento chop, cheese. A chopped up steak. Chopped steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a bun. Uh, your favorite sports team? I'd have to say the Tigers. Yeah, even though they're not doing so, hunt. Yeah, they'll get through it. Yeah, that's rough. We're all we're all feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> And me, I, I don't really have a favorite team. I just don't follow sports. Well, everybody to each his own. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, time travel. Yeah, I think that's a, <laughs> that's a given for a lot of folks. Tom? Uh, mine would be that when I hit the ground that it doesn't hurt. What do you mean, floating or just like you? Just hit? whenever. I've, I've, when you get thrown off a horse, it'd be really nice if when You're you hit the ground, to stay it didn't on, hurt. Tom. <laughs> it'd be really nice if it didn't hurt or falling off a ladder or anything else. I just don't want it to hurt when I hit the ground. Like a, a fall, like five feet, and then right about two inches before you hit the ground, stop. That's right. And then That's slowly. Right. Just stand right back up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, do you guys have any interesting hobbies outside of work? Outside of work, I'd have to say my hobbies are still there again, horses. Um, like I said, I grew up on a farm. Uh, pretty much have always had a horse all my life. Uh, got involved in uh, 4-H at a, uh, 10 years old, and that's where I got a horse. And, and now I've had a 4-H club for about, I guess, going on 12 years now, just mm. doing my part to give back. You know, somebody helped me when I was a kid, mm -hmm. you know, with my horses, so I'm trying to do the same. Uh, so the horse is a, is a big part of my life yeah it's pretty much every day interacting well with it's a lot of work to take care yeah. of horses that's right so tom what's about you uh yeah just working with the horses training horses i do work on older cars sometimes kind of restoring older cars and mm -hmm. helping people work on older cars all right and then do you have a personal motto in which you go by be honest to yourself i mean y y your horse will tell you 
everything that's going on with him they're completely honest you know and if you just build that relationship and you're honest with yourself then you're gonna have a good honest relationship with your horse and it, it works with people too yeah you know, be honest with everything yourself. with the horse translates to life good deal and tell me tom what's your personal motto mine is one i just kind of come across recently and it's dealing with horses of course and it's basically if, if you want a better horse make your horse better and it applies not just to horses but just in life general i mean you you are a participant in your own life and if you want a better life or a better quality of life it's up to you to make that happen man you guys are great so all right well good guys thanks for coming by i know it's weird podcast is weird and there's no cameras here because i know mark really loves the cameras and you know doing that kind of stuff and mark really loves doing the stuff so hey mark come do podcast with me he's like i don't know about this but anyway but it's cool because one people they see you guys out at events and they love the horses and they see that kind of stuff and we just want to explain to people a little bit more about the horses and and i will say before we go Cochise, your horse has his own facebook page yes he does and he speaks to you through the facebook page this isn't mark talking it's Cochise talking to you on the facebook page and he he's pretty good it's Cochise, the four-legged sheriff that's correct there you go so go find them out on the facebook page some we we share it from time to time the events you go to and i will do better of uh, sharing coach's facebook page it's just a part of the the many other things in which i do here so we'll do that so remember go to the facebook and then you find the sheriff's office stuff and then you can go find coaches the four-legged sheriff it's fun just learn a little bit more about that so yeah Tom. i just wanted to give a shout out real quick to all our search and rescue volunteers mm. you know they give their their time and talents and spend their own money uh, to come out and be available to help uh, York County find missing and lost children and elderly people. Mm-hmm. So just a quick shout out and a thank you to them. Oh, yeah, because let the citizens of this county know they will come out at four in the morning. We've already called them. No, oh, wow. they were there. Wow, so in, in the middle of a tornado. And, and that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, good guys. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks again, uh, folks. Before we go, go check us out on our social media pages: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Go check out Coach East, the four-legged sheriff. Uh, there at his Facebook page um, and when you're out there and you're talking to folks share this episode with them the old fashioned way and say hey now listen to this podcast you might want to listen to it's called YCSO Behind the Badge it's the Sheriff's Office Podcast go check it out listen to them learn we've done 64 podcasts yeah your number yeah, you guys are 64. <laughs> the 64th podcast. Best one you've had, apparently. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're moving here, man. That's a, that's a good one. So, And I'll, I'll let you know what the numbers are whenever it goes live here. So, yeah, we'll do that. And, uh, but so, yeah, go tell your friends about it. Learn a little bit more about the Sheriff's Office and what we do here, especially the Mountain Patrol. And also, while you're at YorkCountySheriff.com, sign up for another five alert straight to your phone and email at YorkCountySheriff.com. Lastly, thanks for listening to YCSO Behind the